Don't you know that it's worth every treasure on earth to be young at heart? Some people will go to any length to stay young forever. Is that someone? It's Madeline Ashton. She was a big star in the 60s. I thought she was dead. Oh, madam. You look younger every day. Thank you, Rose. But Madeline Ashton and her old friend, Helen Sharp. I've lost men to her before. Mad Are about to go too far. A touch of magic. Drink that potion and you'll never grow even one day older. Bottoms up. No warning. Now a warning? Siempre viva! Live forever! Ernest, I'm in the morgue. They think I'm dead. You are, but you're not. Are you telling me it doesn't hurt when I do this? <laughs> it doesn't hurt. She's dead. She's dead, Ernest. Now he's dead. He's dead, Ernest. He's dead. Everybody's dead. You pushed me down the stairs. I'm so sweaty. I don't think it's sweat, honey. I think you're defrosting. Universal Pictures presents Meryl Streep Bruce Willis It's a miracle! And Gordy Hawn Look at me! I'm soaking wet! Death becomes her I just have to make a telephone call Come with us now, if you dare, down a rickety staircase into a dank, dark basement. What awaits the Saturday Night Freak Show? (laughs) Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Saturday Night Freak Show. Every Saturday night, the Freak Show happens. We watch a movie. We sit down and talk about it for your edification and enjoyment. You can find us, all our past episodes, on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Pod Bay FM, Cast Roller. Yeah, there's a couple what new ones. Whoa! That's right. And, uh, Cast I can't remember the other one. But welcome aboard if you're joining us through. You know, welcome aboard, Cast Roller friends. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nice to have the you. Ten thousand people listening to us on Cast Roller. Cast welcome. Roller. I like Cast Roller. There you go. Uh, I'm your host, Colin. I'm surrounded by a bunch of internet radio superstars, including to my <laughs> left, David Albertson. Special oh, guest. Hey. Whoa! Hey, hey. <laughs> hey, welcome aboard. Welcome aboard. <laughs> And, and Sean and I'm dying. So this is how you started the last. Oh, somebody, oh, oh, somebody give me some, that potion. <laughs> oh, he's dying. Yeah. Oh, uh, this is Brent. As Tom. And tonight we watched. We watched Death Becomes Her. Robert from, Zemeckis. That's oh, right. Film. From the year 1992. And this was Brent's pick. Right. Another middling 90s. I think that's told. That's told. <laughs> Zemeckis. Wow, we know, we already know what Tom thinks about the movie. <laughs> no, no, I just gotta go with the thirty seconds into the podcast. I just gotta go with the nineties, eighties, nineties. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> Seems to be your picks. Yeah. So, what can you tell us about Death Becomes Her? Uh, Death Becomes Her stars Bruce Willis, Meryl Streep, and Goldie Hawn. Um, it's kind of a, a tale about vanity. Um, and people that 
you know, they're trying to hold on to their youth, and they're actually not. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, it's. I mean, we'll go through it, but it's you know, it's a film of like. It, right at its core value it's a film about vanity i mean that's when you get right down to it and it's also a movie of awesome special effects is it oscar winning yeah for the time yeah indeed it is. cg effects now robert zemeckis had done i would say back to the future two and three were both made prior to this yes correct <coughs> back to the future three came out in what 89 uh three was 90 91 90 i think because two was like that summer of '89, yeah. and then three came out after that. But yeah, so he went off and did Death Becomes Her, and then after that, was he? Well, what did he do directly after that? There was another big one. Uh-oh. Was it Forrest Gump? Oh, it was Forrest Gump. Oh, Forrest Gump. <laughs> yeah, '94. <laughs> yeah, because Forrest Gump is what actually made him, you know, like the big name director. Because that was best what, picture. Back to the future best... didn't Brent. I'm shocked. It did for me. <laughs> what? <laughs> but I think that. Did like... you, were you a Zemeckis fan before Forrest Gump? Yes. Or did you go back yeah. and discover? I've been a Zemeckis fan since I was five when I saw Back to the Future at the theater. Oh damn! So uh... that that's yeah that's what did it for me. I think I saw I was, all three. I think I saw Back to the Future three at the old Belford Indoor Theater. Oh wow! Remember yeah. that? Yeah, yeah. I saw actually off topic. I saw Dracula there too. Oh sweet! Yeah, well, that's like the same. That's ninety two too. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, the uh, the visual effects in this. The only re- reason that I mentioned them is because it was. Uh, this is still at the advent of like CGI technology where they were able to do these amazing things where, uh, I mean, there's a couple digital morphs in it. Uh, there's, you know, at one point a character gets a hole blown through them and you can see through, you know, the, their torso. Um, Which I think that one of all of them really still stands up. I mean, I know it's or holds up, I should say, but I know it's really, whatever, it's it's a cheap gimmick, but it re- it's effective, you know? I mean... Still, yeah. I think so, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, because she walks around, she moves, she... Well, she sat on the couch with the spirit. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's fantastic. <laughs> like yeah. the house falling on somebody in the window, standing in the window so hard. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was excellent. Yeah. Oh, no, still good. But, yeah, I mean, it's, it's basically you start out with this... It, uh, like this, I guess, Broadway musical, if we're going to go through it. And uh, Meryl Streep is on stage. Did they say the year at that point? 78? 73? Uh, yeah, it was seven years <laughs> like, after, and then seven years after, and then yeah, 37 years yeah. later. <laughs> yeah. It's like 73 or 78. But even the musical like was kind of narcissistic. You know, it was like... Me, me, me. Oh, definitely. Whatever. She sang right. the whole song. Yeah. yeah. It was carried around. And- yeah. Yeah, exactly. The whole thing is, but we, uh, we, we get to, and I, 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 let's just say it. Uh, this is one of Bruce Willis's best performances. <laughs> he's actually acting. He's, yeah. It's amazing. This is while he's still, or before he stopped uh, giving uh, a shit. Right. Hey, uh, wait, wait. go ahead. Argue. Argue. <laughs> I'm gonna go with I'm Hudson Hawk. Oh, was okay. from this era, though. Yeah, I know it was from yeah. this era, but I like I like What's Bruce Willis and Hudson fine. Hawk. He was still acting back but then. There's a point where Bruce Willis just apparently just quit. Yeah, I mean he's and the ghost of Bruce stuff, Willis. But... <laughs> I might not have caught if I did 
was Bruce Willis into her before he went to the play? Had she come to him as a patient? No, I, I think or that... Or was he just all excited because that was her friend and that's kind of the... I think she was yeah, famous. Right. right. She was famous. And that was... I mean, that's Goldie Hawn's character's... You know, that's her... Uh, Nemesis. Bar. To see, you know, like if she introduces her man to Meryl Streep. It's her test. Yeah, that's her test. So him being the only one up applauding after the show. <laughs> yeah, that's not a good sign. The show is, been, the show is horrible. They had yeah, never met like, before that. Yeah. He was just so intrigued by her yeah. being her best friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think yeah, so. Yeah, he, actually, he actually enjoyed the performance. Yeah, yeah, but it's like a running gag that uh, so Meryl Streep's like this aging uh, Broadway or film, film and Broadway star. Mm-hmm. Right. And. She has this long-standing relationship with Goldie Hawn, but she keeps on stealing Goldie Hawn's uh, lovers over a period of time. Yeah. So yeah. She, Goldie Hawn's taking Bruce Willis, her current lover, to uh, see the show to see if she, uh, you know, her those feminine wiles will. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and it doesn't work, but those scenes are fantastic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At the beginning, when she turns on her uh, her charm. And steals Bruce Willis away from Goldie Hawn. After that, like that's where, and I remember seeing this for the first time, where it was like when you see where Goldie Hawn goes to, because she goes into this like funk of depression, where she's like in her house full of cats, and she's wearing this gigantic fat suit, and she's eating what was it, frosting, like Fro- right right out of the- full of frosting <laughs> to oh, grab whatever. I love that there was a cat in the cover. When yep. she opens the cover up, there's a cat in there. And the she's, are- she's watching the scene over and over. It, Meryl Streep, by this point, it's the film jumps like seven years a lot. It jumps ahead seven years, and then From we see another point, yeah. seven years. It jumps ahead. But uh, at some point, Meryl Streep made this film. What was it? Dark Windows? Dark Windows, yes. And with Michael Caine. With and Michael I still Caine. want to know yeah. what movie that is that they stole Michael Caine from. Because it's, it's young Michael Caine. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. And cut in, like, uh, in the Meryl Streep yeah. uh, reaction shots or whatever. Right. Fantastic stuff. That's Zemeckis, though. He kept on doing that. Forrest Gump, where he put, like, people in the same footage with... Oh, yeah, wow. everything. Is, yeah. <laughs> Alabama and everything like that. Yeah. And so he, he, there's actually, I mean, like this is at this point, uh, cause Goldie, cause Bruce Willis has been stolen away from Goldie Hawn by Meryl Streep. Uh, Goldie Hawn is this, yeah, this big fat person now. And she's watching, uh, this, the scene over and over again from the movie where Meryl Streep's getting strangled, yes. I guess, to the point where she's, she's got all these cats. She's not taking care of the damn cats. <laughs> she's not paying her rent because the landlord's on the out, outside knocking on the door. She's eating frosting from the, the cupboards. You know, that's all she buys, apparently. It's just frosting. And then. And you f- would figure cat food. Yeah. Kicking garbage out of the way on her way to the <laughs> She looks demonic. Oh. She does. Yeah. And the cops, you know, uh, so she's nuts, right? She's just gone crazy with revenge and anger. I love that when the cops, like, finally, like, you can't hear the cops banging on the door. And it seems like the entire, like, Los Angeles Police Department has shown up in order to evict her. They all bust into the apartment and are dragging her away. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Which is strange because they take her to jail. So, I mean, usually when you get evicted, do you go to prison or do they just kick you out? I mean, I'm sure eventually there's... I mean, at this point, I don't know. Well, they took her to the... um, uh, Save uh, sound. Uh, crazy house. What was that? What was your that, comment? Oh, it was the, from, uh, one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Over the cuckoo's nest. Yeah. yeah. Who's got something to say now? Or you know, like, what, what would you like to share? And 
I would like to talk about. Mentions this woman's name, everybody freaks out. (laughs) That's probably all she's been talking about for the last six or seven years. However, the jump was from losing the cat house to (laughs) being in the cuckoo's house. So she's got like a fixation on. I think at that point it establishes that she's going to get revenge. I think like she's saying like uh, she's going to eliminate. She's I mean she's fixated on killing Meryl (laughs) Streep. What is her character's name? I can't even remember. We just watched the show. Goldie Hawn is Helen Sharp. Yep. And uh, Meryl Streep is uh, Madeline Ashton. Madeline Ashton. Mad, uh, Mad Hell, and Er. Ernest. Mad. Oh, yeah, Ernest. Ernie. Which ends up being Madder Hell. Madder than Hell. Madder than Hell. Oh, sweet. Holy nice. shit. Really? <laughs> did you figure that out? an iPhone. <laughs> oh, no, I did not figure that out. I will not sit here and claim that in front of all you right oh, here. You should have I looked at No, yeah. I can't do that. You had That's me sold. I can't. Uh, I can't. I can't. No, can't claim that. But Matter there it is. Matter than hell. Matter than hell. It's good. Wow. Well, that's like the kind of humor that this movie's got, like, all, you know, like, sunk into it. There's a bunch of, I mean, it's a slapstick comedy, I think, like, on the surface. But it's like, a, it's black humor. It's very dark, Definitely, like, yeah. warped, kind of twisted humor, which is, that's my Twisted, bag. <laughs> Get it? It's funny. <laughs> Her neck. Just, ah! Wait, because the neck thing? I don't get it. No. You don't get it? All right. See, it's, it's, it's she said twisted, and at oh, some point okay. in the movie, her neck, her head twists. You can even see in her neck. Oh, I got it. I got see you. See how that goes okay. together? Okay, good. <laughs> There's a lot of obvious jokes in this movie that Sean was pointing out. That I will be happy to point out to anybody. During the film, yeah. Like the Tom, Dick, and Harry. Right. When, uh, Dick, oh. Dick, Tom. Harry. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, yeah. Seriously, you didn't get that? <laughs> no, I, I, I got it. <laughs> All right. You're scaring me a little bit. <laughs> yeah. We were just, uh, yeah. Um, but there was a lot of, like, even, uh, like, Looney Tunes humor or something. And I just, I thought the there was a take of Bruce Willis doing a... <laughs> Like it was a, like what is it the road run? Who does that? The the double take. Yeah, it was like, <laughs> you know, yeah, that was like spot on, perfect. A lot Again, of, like action. shovel bashing. That's like almost comedic in its. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The whole she's, stairs. She's falling down the stairs, but not quite. Right, she's at that angle. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. unreal angle hanging on the stairs. Yeah. Yeah, like teetering Balancing. backwards on your. Yeah, and you know. What do they call it? Cartwheeling? I guess so. <laughs> All it takes is one feather or right. breath of air and then you go tumbling down. Windmilling. Something. Mm. Like, yeah. So, I like that better. Tom, are you the only one that hadn't seen it? or I haven't seen it, no. That was my, this is my first time seeing it. So I guess I have a question. Yeah. <laughs> going in, did you know that it was going to be this outrageous fantasy or... Did you think it was grounded somewhere in reality? And no, if so, I mean, I, I, I... Did you know they were going to die and then come back to life? Did it surprise you at all? I mean, like... So, like, I, I've never seen this movie. Like, all that I know about this movie is literally the cover, right? So I've, I've seen the, the cover, cover. The famous cover with he's the, holding the, the candle, famous, the, the candelabra through the hole and Goldie Hawn's stomach and everything. Right, else. so... Right. Yeah. You know, I've always figured, okay, so one of them's, like, probably a ghost, and therefore, because the candelabra's sticking through, it's probably some kind of dark, a dark comedy, so it's not going to be grounded in reality. It's going to be supernatural, you know. Right. That's kind of what I expect. I mean, what I, what, what I expected going in is pretty much what I got. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah. Because this film seems to me like one where 
not going in not knowing exactly what it is like the early stuff you could be like man they're doing that really fake you know i mean like it has it, 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 there's a whole i don't know how at what point like the film takes on you know like like i guess shows its true colors of like that it is like Colin said, it, it's pretty much a Looney Tunes. It's as soon as you see her in the fat suit. I think like right, that, <laughs> right that's there, true, it's like yeah. this is a comedically you know augmented uh, version of you know a person just gone to pot. You know, yeah, <laughs> she's sticking her ass right in the camera. Oh, yeah, great right ass shot. Container of frosting immediately after. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, it's done with a kind of comedic absurdity. I think that it maintains like the whole way through. Well, I mean, even I guess if you're looking at it, the the opening uh, number, you know, the right. dance number. Yeah. And is at the level of... Uh, That's true. And days. even, like, the first shot you see as the camera kind of comes down over the skyline of a city. I mean, it's a very... It, you can tell it's a model of some sort, or, you know, I mean, it's it's not afraid to look fake. I mean, this movie kind of... I mean, you know, kind of going over... You know, like, uh, so so far, you know, we, we've definitely, Robert Zemeckis, I think, has made the most appearances on the Saturday Night Freak show. There has been three. So we watched Back to the Future. There's Back to the Future, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Roger Death Roger Becomes Rabbit. Her. Yeah. And so we filled our quota. Uh, we're going to try and play Beowulf, but it, it all went back. Right. Uh, yeah. Right. There yeah but do. there was Christmas Carol. Oh, shit, yeah. Christmas, so, yeah. Oh. Wow. Um, He's like the most celebrated director of the Saturday Night Freak yeah, show. Yeah, he is. Yes, kudos to Brent. Yeah, <laughs> um, but I mean, and again, Bob, if you're out there, yeah, Bob, I love you. <laughs> Keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, I mean, and, and Brent, Brent, I mean, this won't be the last Robert. I guess if Brent has anything to say, no, I guarantee so. you, it won't be the last. There might even be a run of Zemeckis flicks, like one after another. Oh, quickly, it's the summer of this, Zemeckis. This reminds me a lot of Who Framed Roger Rabbit. I guess the the, stu- the its tone. Has a lot of Who Framed Roger because I mean Robert kind of got that it's feel. Cartoony. It's well, yeah. Who Framed Roger Rabbit's is, I mean, it's a cartoon movie, but it's a, it's a dark comedy. It's 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 dark in its sense, right? Doom is. I don't know about. Well, no, I mean, I think I think I the mean, whole tone. I mean, cartoon, like, cartoons murdering people. It's, cartoons it's a little, murdering people. A little darker. And uh, the main character, what's it, what was his name? Eddie Valiant. Eddie, 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 Eddie Valiant. <laughs> <laughs> it's Roger. Uh, All right, that's Eddie, one for Dave. <laughs> Eddie, Eddie Valiant's kind of like uh, you know he's he's like a. a Grumpy, almost mean spirited type well, person at the beginning. Yeah, I mean, it's in keeping with the reality, like dark reality with fun it, or something like that. But isn't that, that keeping with the. Uh, he's a drunk and, you know, he's defending cartoon characters. Right, but even like, you know, I mean, it's it's murder and it's, it's, it's fairly dark and this is also fairly dark. I mean. But that movie was based on, like, film noir, you know, maybe Detective dark film. film. Right, I mean, yeah, you know, yeah. That was, it was trying to be something like that. This, to me, reminds me of, like, I think at the time uh, Zemeckis was doing uh, the Tales from the Crypt TV show. Yeah. And this yeah. seems like, this was like, so, and I, I, mean, I don't know this, right? But it seems like somebody wrote, you know, like, this is an idea for, like, a Tales from the Crypt movie or Tales from the Crypt episode that kind of spun its way into, like, a feature-length film. It totally is because I mean one thing you get from all those tales from the crypt episodes is a lesson at the end, or you know it's almost like a fairy tale. And this is t- 
teaching you a lesson, you know, about vanity and narcissism, like Dave said, you know, I mean, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Watching it, I haven't seen it, you know, maybe since 93 or 94 or something, but watching it tonight, I was, because I've been on this Tales from the Crypt kick, and I thought exactly what you said, that it could totally fit. Well, I think that's had to be where his head was. It, yeah. you know, a certain amount, you know, Seems because like he was pr- producing all of those shows and he directed. Well, when was the, he did all through the house the episode of Tales from the Crypt? And that had to be ninety. I mean, like you yeah. know, yeah. if we're saying that the movie takes two years to actually you know go through development and be shot and come out. I mean, if he was doing stuff in ninety with Tales from the Crypt, and this came out in ninety two, you know, yeah. it's like, <laughs> yeah, it seems like that was maybe something that was on his mind. Yeah, I know. I think wrong. the Frighteners also, strangely ah, enough, was a movie that started off as a Tales from the Crypt, uh, like that was an offshoot or something from Tales from the Crypt. And that was Zemeckis produced that, right? But he didn't. did. It, I, I think he did. Yeah, yeah. He, he See, produced they, it, yeah. and then Peter, uh, Peter Jackson. Jackson yeah. mm-hmm. right. I think that was commissioned originally as like a, a Tales from the Crypt movie. Yeah, and then spun its way on um, into being its that, own thing. That might make its way to the freak show. It should. It definitely it should. Might. Yeah. This is also the last film that uh, I think Zemeckis worked with Don Burgess, or not, I'm sorry, with Dean Cundy. And then after that, he switched to Don Burgess as his as his uh, cinematographer. See, Dean Cundy's always had like an interesting run, in you know, from my opinion, just because uh, I'm a devoted fan. Like what you are with Robert Zemeckis, I am with John Carpenter, right? And Dean Cundy like defines the early John Carpenter like film style, you know. And then it, you know, those were low budget films, and Dean Cundy got I think taken out of low budget into big budget movies by it was either Zemeckis or Spielberg. Zemeckis, right? Because Zemeckis shot Back to the Future with Dean Cundy. Right, yeah. But here it's just kind of funny to watch, like, him do... He did the fucking Halloween scene. He did, yeah. The the scene in Halloween where Jamie Lee Curtis (laughs) is in the foreground, the shape, you know, Michael Myers sits up behind her. They do that exact same scene in this. Sitting on the ground, on the floor, yeah. uh, Yeah, And how could you not, you know? I mean, like, this... uh, Uh, It's more tongue-in-cheek, but, I mean... Sure. They had to know what they were doing. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, and it works. Is there any kind of, like, a Robert Zemeckis... um, you know, like there's a Spielberg comic kind of going through uh, E.T. or Jaws or something like that. There's always that kind of weird signature yeah. kind of hidden Easter egg, if you want to be computery, you know, kind of thing. Is there any – have you ever noticed that or is that before – are these movies before people could sneak that in or – Yeah, like what's his calling card? I like, you know, the, the Evil Deads, there's the, the – Camaro, or not the Camaro, but the uh, Monte Carlo right. from uh, you know Spider Man and uh, yeah. things like that. But I never noticed that. You know, I don't know. Can't see the DeLorean. I don't know there, that but. he has anything. Does he? I don't the, know that he does that. His, I think, like his main calling card, if you could call it that, would be um, he's always well before the animated stuff. <clears throat> he's always used special effects in a sense where you wouldn't know that they were special effects. You know, like in a realistic environment. I mean, death becomes her aside because <laughs> obviously you notice a giant hole through Goldie Hawn, but or Meryl Streep with a twisted neck. But uh, like that's what I've noticed over the years. The things that that critics say about him, like Forrest Gump, I think it's really strong. Where you're watching footage of you know Forrest talking to. Uh, to Nixon or to JFK or any of the presidents. Obviously that's not real, but they went through, 
and made it look as real as possible. I think like stuff like that is going to hold up forever. There's uh cat stuff. There's scenes in Castaway where like the leaves and the you know the branches or the the grass is all CG, and it's like you would never look at it and think that it's CG. But because they needed it to blow with the wind and the wind had to change at the specific time, they actually ended up doing it with all, you know, CG elements. And, well, I never thought like, any of that was CG. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, there's also, crazy. well, that's, see, I think that's Zemeckis' thing. He's tricking you with CG so much that, like, I'm thinking there was actually a, a scene in this where, um, you know, no, I'm building to a point here, but uh, where I think, <clears throat> is it Bruce Willis or. Uh, Meryl Streep's character wakes up and then the maid comes in to wake her up and it looks like the maid is coming in from, you know, uh, opens the door and comes in behind the bed and then the camera eventually pulls back and you realize that the maid came in through the mirror. Yeah. There's a mirror shot. Uh, it's actually a tons of mirrors. <clears throat> yeah. But that almost seemed like that was a dry run for a shot that he did in contact, which I didn't even, like, I had to go back and watch the shot in contact because I'm like, wait, what the fuck just happened here? He's following a little girl down a hallway in slow motion and she reaches for a medicine cabinet and opens it and then, like, the camera is somehow, like, Inside the medicine, ca- in the mirror, like I don't in the three dimensional space of the mirror. Yeah, you'd have to see the shot, but it was just like, wait, what? what the? F- wait, how did he get his camera? What just happened? You know, yeah. you're aware if you're paying attention to that stuff. Like after the fact, you're like aware that something unnatural and has just happened. He does <laughs> that his perspective. And uh, what lies beneath? I mean, there's these long shots where the camera will go like into a truck, go through the whole console of the truck. You know, and end up on a, like a close-up on the key turning the, to start the engine, which a camera can never physically do. But when you're watching it, like it just feels like it's real. You know, I mean, it's fluid. Right? You remember that shot also on what not lies beneath, where there's a, a like Michelle Pfeiffer's character goes down on the floor, this yes. hardwood floor, yeah. and the camera's above her, and then it like it drops below the floor to like look up at her. Yes, and it's like, wait, what? What just what happened to the floor? Like it was a solid floor a minute ago, and the camera just like went dropped into it. It's looking up like she's laying on a plate of glass or something. Yeah. So it's that kind of uh, uh, trickery. Also, I noticed, and you know, again, I'm just basing this off of uh, uh, specifically what lies beneath and death becomes her. Uh, as I was watching this, you know, Tom and I have been going through a bunch of Hitchcock movies and just watching every single one of them on like Wednesday nights. And in this, I could see. Like stuff where he's borrowing from Hitchcock. I mean, that whole idea of giving Bruce Willis's character the glass of whiskey that's been poisoned, and you're following it around. When like, when's he gonna take? Oh, he's gonna not gonna take. When's he gonna take a drink? No, he sets it down. You know, that's a Hitchcockian. (laughs) To be a fool to not drink out of it's so giant. (laughs) You go out of your diatribe and spill it all over as you hand gesture around. That's it. Awesome. Here's your breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> you might want some breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. yeah. Well, they wake him up. The maid wakes him up with a Bloody Mary. Apparently, do I see an angel before me? <laughs> oh, you're sweet. Not you. <laughs> Fucking Bloody Mary. Uh, uh, and was the celery to the side. <laughs> <laughs> the obviously that first mirror shot is like 
once you do realize it, because, yeah, I was tricked the same way Colin was. I was like, oh, this is, you know, you assume it's a regular shot, and then they pull back and it's a mirror. But then, like, that calls attention to all the other mirror shots in this film, which are, yeah. like, there are that's, a lot of mirror shots. That's what I kept noticing. Right. Like, and kept noticing to, like, call it out. be like, man, there's so many weird this is the first time I realized it because I think I was too young to be the first time I saw it. But uh, it's, you know, I mean, it, it is just reinforcing that the only reason for a mirror is to see how you look to other people. Right. And so, like, shooting everything through the mirror because it's it's always at an angle and it's the character looking into the mirror. You know, I mean, it's it's like a Brian De Palma flick. I mean, they're, they're like getting around those angles. Maybe it's not as impressive as like the nightclub scene in uh, Scarface but you know it's still it's it's a feat to have the entire crew not show up in the reflection of the mirror because and you cables an awesome and one of those you ever seen the Kenneth Branagh version of Hamlet <laughs> there's a scene that uh, takes know. place in this room with all these like all these mirrors well shit even like enter the dragon but they they had to actually like move the mirrors that you can't see it when you're watching the movie but the mirrors are moving as the camera moves through the yeah. space so that you're never reflecting the and it's crew. it's something that you can't do anymore because you know well you can but they'll just take them out and digitally mm-hmm. where back in the day if you showed up in the reflection that shot was done you have to throw it out but mm-hmm. like like now obviously even they take out the reflection in people's glasses and stuff actually sure, yeah. in gravity they added a reflection of like a space crew like a film crew up in outer space filming it like it was <laughs> it was the reflection over the helmet and it was obviously they were <laughs> never there but it's they're all like in the whole space garb and everything really? there's a guy with a boom mic yeah it's, that's funny it's that's pretty awesome. hilarious I didn't actually pick up on that but you're right that's like a theme of the movie it's always the characters I mean in a movie about vanity all the characters are looking at themselves in the mirror <clears throat> right yeah I love that first shot that we see uh, it uh, what it's not the first shot that I think inter- introduces characters, but when we see, or it is, yeah, we see Goldie Hawn and uh, Bruce Willis, and they're not, they're sharing the same shot because he's reflected in a mirror. And that was like kind of one of those moments of staging where you're like, you know, it takes a, uh, uh, tech savvy director to come up with that kind of, you know, he's like, yeah. he's an assured hand as far as like, you know, kind of like Spielberg is. With, well, when know. he was, when he was convincing her, Goldie Hawn that he was not going to leave her. No, that's the show. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. He kept going back and forth, and, that, and then immediately afterwards, he's running on the aisle with yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it was that was definitely you know I think they tried to reassure you, like you said, you know, yeah, could create a uh, stable character by showing him that way. But it didn't work out because immediately you go into him running down the aisle. It's not even will you take so and so. It's just da da, and the doors burst. Yeah, they're married. <laughs> yeah. Believe yeah. me, Helen, you have nothing to worry about. So Helen does lose Bruce Willis to uh, Madeline. There you go. And they live in uh, a horrible existence where they hate each other, you know, many years on. And seven, Bruce years Willis, later, yeah. seven years later. Seven years later. And Bruce Willis nice still house. pines for uh, Helen. And Technically, it's 14. Well, yeah, from the start. Oh, that's It's true. 14, true. because the seven years later is the fat uh, Goldie Hawn, and then seven years after that, we see the horribleness that is the marriage of Madeline and Ernest. And in this period of time madeline has aged considerably and that seems Indeed. to be like the focus of her 
uh, fixation is like I'm not looking young anymore. And when they go to uh, a book signing that um, Helen is hosting, Helen turns out to be like this slinky, you know, she's 50, but she looks, you know, like she's 30. And again, this is something that Bob Zemeckis does brilliantly. It's the same way in Back to the Future. He casts young or youngish actors and then uh, ages them prior to showing them young and the reveal then is, it, you know, it almost looks like, wow, how did they make her look that young? But she was, you know, actually right. that, that younger age. And then they just make her look older. And it, I, I think it's flawless. I mean, the, sure, some of the wrinkles you can tell. I mean, they've yeah. gotten a lot better at it throughout the years. Sure, yeah. I mean, like you can tell on Bruce Willis, he's got, you can tell the makeup in order to bring out the creases, the smart, the laugh lines in his face. Yeah. That little extra pale makeup where a little. Know, the five o'clock shadow should be and everything. Yeah. Just and age it, him up and pudge him out. And I think the high def actually <laughs> showcases that more so than. Well, here's a question for you. Now that we've actually gone on, you know, what are we, 12? No, we're 22 years since this movie was made. How accurate wow. was the uh, makeup? You've seen these people now. Yeah. Well, that's Because <laughs> that's what, when I saw this, and it's like Meryl Streep, and she's kind of looking like she does now. She does. <laughs> you know? That was what I thought was crazy. Like, we just, everybody saw Meryl Streep at the Oscars not too long ago, and she looks like this character when she's old. She does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen Goldie Hawn forever. Goldie Hawn. Ooh, she, she dropped off the face of the planet. I don't think she aged as well. I don't know. Yeah, I I was she, say, she's been mummified for the last like at least seven years. Yeah, she looks pretty rough somewhere in the dark. Where have you seen her? She started looking rough. Like she shows up. Yeah, she shows up at the awards. Yeah, but that's about it. That's that's the only place you see her. Hmm. But she's she. I mean, she was she didn't look she wasn't looking too great in this movie to tell you the truth. Even the young version of her. Like First Wives Club or something. I don't know the last thing that she was. In. But we oh, have her the last thing I remember. Her daughter, which Kate, Kate Hudson. Hudson, yeah, which is like an even better version of a which young like, Goldie. It's, Hawk. Yeah, it's a clone of Goldie <laughs> Hawn, the young version. Yeah, indeed, which is fantastic. Um, contact Colin. You kept mentioning that. Uh, that may have been after this, and in between this and Forrest Gump. But I think it was after Forrest Gump. What, was it after? Seven? Was that what? Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Carl Sagan thing with the... And again... Uh, alien space yeah. trail. So I mean, I'm, I'm going to stop washing his balls, but the, the director was not supposed to be Bob Zemeckis for that film, but the, whatever happened, the studio had to fire the director, and they brought him in, and he, you know, he whipped them into shape. Because that's a fantastic film Go that Bob. he... Bob, you know, I mean, he's coming on at the point where we're already in production. Usually a director will have maybe a couple of years of pre-production to work everything out. And he's just going into that set already. You know, the actors are there. Like, they're shooting on that day. And he's just, you know, saying, this is going to be this. We're going to do this. That's, again, that assurance that you're talking about, you know, and that a director that knows his craft so well mm-hmm. can just go on to a, a film set and just kick ass all right that's it no more (laughs) no no more ball washing (laughs) so at this point the uh you know now that madeline is uh deeply upset that uh, goldie hawn looks as young as she does um and is trying to steal back uh, bruce willis madeline gets an invitation from a plastic surgeon to go visit 
a special lady in the Hollywood Hills, which is Isabella Rossellini. Yes, it is. Okay, so now we have to pause for a moment and have the Isabel's, <laughs> Isabella Rossellini uh, Appreciation Society. I would appreciate her body double more, to tell you the truth, <laughs> but go ahead. Have you ever seen yeah. Blue Velvet? No, yes. I have not, actually. <laughs> It's a Dennis Hopper, right? Wait, what's yeah. this movie you speak of? Blue That's Velvet. right. I didn't put that together. Yeah. yeah. Is she naked in it? She Heineken. is. In- Fuck that shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the most heinous. Like, she's naked in it, but it's like, it's it's this it's kind twisted. of like sexual abuse that she's mm. taken from Dennis Hopper's character. And at the time, I remember, like, people were going, like, what actress would debase herself in this way that, you know that she does in, in that yeah. movie. And it's kind of interesting that, you know, that was and 86. And she was naked. It was, it was almost like she, it's, it was kind of... She's sprawled out. What, what was it? She had just gotten into the... Uh, or raped by Dennis Hopper. Is that Something, what it was? yeah. And she comes and walking down the street. sprawled out buck naked in front of... Um, Kyle McLaughlin. Kyle McLaughlin. And he's supposed to, you know, soothe her, but, you know, they're all looking at him like she's, you know, this nutcase walking down the route road naked and it was just yeah, a really twisted up. scene I mean for that time <laughs> yeah oh, Kyle McLaughlin is that Moadib yes yeah from Dune and also Agent oh crap from Twin Peaks Agent yes. nobody's got this nobody watched Twin Peaks uh, Special nope. Agent Dale Cooper at home. Yeah, I just brain uh, still works. Uh, I just know him as Apple Pie. You need Mo Deep. Deep. Yeah. And that unfortunate guy who was in Showgirls and nearly got drowned in the oh, the waterfall with Elizabeth Burke. Oh right. Yeah. Fortunate or unfortunate? I don't know. That was the most at, most athletic sex scene I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> That's pretty fortunate, I think. Uh, yeah. Showgirls. Yeah. Uh, Isabella <laughs> Isabella oh, Rossellini. Right. Well, okay. It, when I tell you this, you tell me if you recognize her. She's the daughter of Ingrid Bergman from Casablanca. Huh. Wow. See it? I don't. I, I see it. I mean, I I don't see I the suppose. daughter. I suppose. Have you seen yeah. Casablanca? Yes. Um, we never know because, like, you know, I know we're pretty hit or miss as far as that goes. But it's been like ten years. Yeah. Well, we just saw it, like, this past uh, winter, so. Well, Sean, why do you think that she has a body double? Um, because I read that she has a body double. What? Could you say that into the yeah, microphone? No, so you really fucking I'm sorry, did I ruin that? Up, man. Did I ruin that for you? <laughs> so. Just shut up! I'm, should I just let you guys have your fantasies? I'm yes. sorry, I apologize. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was reading it off yeah. a shitty website anyway. It's probably not even true. Yeah, alright, yeah. <laughs> this is like totally bursting my bubble. That had yeah. to be for the See? ass shots. Okay, so Isabella Rosalini's yes. character, there's no way just that that was for the ass shots, but what about the side double. boobs? She had, well, she obviously. Wears, she wears a skirt and basically a big necklace. Yeah. Well, that's her. Yeah. You can see the pasties, though. Yeah, you can. Yeah. Can you? Yeah. I, again, I, I could have sworn I, I saw a nipple on a side boob shot. I, 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 there was a side boob shot. I could have sworn I saw a nip. I don't think so. I think These are the important things we want to cover on this podcast. There's a lot of sexual undertones in that movie. I mean, the building they pulled up to was phallic, you know, and yeah. it was huge. Lit up tower and it came down. Like, <laughs> All right, so I want to make an observation. Oh boy, Isaline Rose. <laughs> is she the devil? No. Yes, she is well, the devil. No. I believe that in that movie. Yeah, I think it's open to interpretation. I think she very well could be some sort of sorcerer. I mean, they kind of are making a deal with the devil. Yes. 
Yeah. She gets very angry when you don't want to take the potion. Yeah, I know. And, and I like, like her scene. symbols, like She's an going nuts. S the wind's like whipping the up snake. in the pool house. I thought her symbol was a crucifix, which I thought was kind of weird. It's like, if that was made, like, a couple of years later, it should have been an Ankh, right? The symbol, the Egyptian symbol. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or, yeah. It's close. But it was a crucifix, so I'm like, what's It's that? an L. Well, they threw no, the in the, the box. Sure. Oh, in the box? Yes. Yeah, with the that contains the potion. The potion was an gives... actual. It looked more onkish. Like I thought it was curved. Yeah, at the top. it looked more. On, it was that was an onk. But yeah. she takes I out it was an onk. the knife, right? It, yeah. it makes up part of the yeah. cross, yeah. and then yeah. stabs him in the finger. Yeah. yeah. So no, I'm talking about the pin. No, I was talking about the what he's talking about. The yeah, box. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know you're talking about in. the box. Right. That was an onk, which is a symbol of life, and that makes sense. But I'm talking about the pin, and it means that you're initiated into the club. Yeah, but we don't like think the pin? box was an onk. We think that the box was a crucifix. I think it was a crucifix. I, don't know. I, 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 thought, I, thought, it, I thought it was curved at the top. I thought it was an onk. Yeah. No, well, that's what I thought. I thought yeah, it was an onk. I'm going with the onk. I'm side with this guy. Tiebreaker. Dave. Tiebreaker. <laughs> Tiebreaker. <laughs> Dave is into Dave, ti- you're the tiebreaker on this. I don't know. I don't make know. a call. I'm make a call. Well, make a call. Okay, so anyway, in the box is a potion that when the user drinks it, it gives them eternal life, which has one of the good jokes in the movie where she's like, drink it, and you will be forever young. And you know, and then she drinks it, and then she's like, "Now a warning!" Yes, like the devil. <laughs> now a warning. You take the deal. There's always a you know a something catch. else that comes along with it. You know the the postscript. You know, yeah. And, but you did this, but oh, by the way, thanks for doing that. And then you have to do this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're, they're tricking you. And what, of course, she's not telling her is that uh, you are eternal forever. Life means- e- e- eternal life means you're undead. But you know what? I mean, the genies do that too, right? When they grant you wishes, they never turn out the way you want them. I mean, the monkey. What's well, leprechaun? Oh, does does that. I think you're thinking leprechauns. Leprechauns too. Yeah, yeah. That, that's off the table. I think. Like they. Know I was gonna say. One. I think that's automatically off the table because I think genies are smart to that at this point. Yeah. It's like no. They're like we're not doing. Can't that. do it. Oh, that's cheating. Shit. <laughs> you can't wish for more genies. You can't wish for. <laughs> oh, I never thought about wishing for more genies. Oh, damn! Come on, guys. I want five more genies. <laughs> Make another genie every day. I want more of you fuckers more here turns, now. <laughs> Semi-phenomenal, nearly cosmic powers. <laughs> yeah. Could yeah. be. So yeah, you know, she's like, okay, that's a fair deal, right? I just have to take care of myself. Well, what happens that fucking night? The Uh-oh. same night when she goes home? It's the same night, right? It's the same night. Same night, yeah. yeah. Which is a bummer, man, for her. Because she's, she's going out. She's enjoying the fact. Yeah. Uh, Bruce Willis doesn't notice. Like, he's like, did you do something with her hair? It's like, God. She looks all young. She took the potion. Yeah. It does revitalize her. It and does. A boob lift, a butt it, lift. It, it does. Cause oh, the it, boob lift thing. The, <laughs> oh, yeah. They made a, they made a pneumatic a bra for this. Oh, but it didn't work. Oh, come on, man. So they had, oh, so they had to have like a set assistant reach his hands around and push the boobs up into the proper places when when it was time. Oh, what a fucking oh, tough man. job. That <laughs> I know. That's push awesome. Uh, you know, and back to the future part, too, the power laces were just strings. Oh, no, look no. At that. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> what was that? That movie is magic. No, that was Tom throwing his mic down and deafening the poor audience yeah. members listening to this with a uh, headphone. This is your warning, Tom. Yeah. This is that's that's 
disgust. So, uh, well, what did you think? They were real power laces? I thought they were real boobs I mean, being... Uh, uh, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. All right. Anyhow. So, <laughs> so yeah, that, that night, what happened? She's all revitalized. She comes back to her house. Uh, he gets drunk and mad because he's been talking to with uh, Helen. Helen's already showed up, and hoping she's gone away. Yeah, and then uh, she's out getting her magic magic potion, and then she tries to seduce Bruce Willis, and then uh, she shows up later. I love that scene where yeah. they're where Bruce Willis and Helen start conspiring to kill Madeline. In this really contrived, like, again, this is going back to Hitchcock, like, showing you how, or sorry, that's maybe not the right word, but, you know, showing you how that, uh, that we're going to, we're going to do this elaborate plan of drugging her and then sending her off, you know, Mulholland, <laughs> the top of Mulholland Drive. Yeah. All that stuff is like 20 classic. bottles of liquor. Yeah, yeah, the whole, the whole car's like a wash in booze. It's, it's, I threw it's it on the stairs. That was a part of the plan. <laughs> yeah, but it's classic, though. Like, it's classic that the, the narration and then what we actually see reflects exactly what the narration was saying. Yeah. Like, like you'll call the police and tell them that you saw a woman swerving on Mulholland Drive. Yes, I saw a woman swerving on Mulholland Drive. Yeah. I love that. It's yeah. it's like one of the oceans movies where like they tell you the plan, but they're actually you're actually watching it happen as they're you know narrating it. Yeah. But this one doesn't turn out. They they go back, and instead of doing the plan, what happens? She teeters on the edge of the stairs. In his gray sweater, or no, his tan. All he his, wore was his brown. brown cardigan. Yeah. Yeah. Brown sweater and his brown tie and his brown pants. Yeah. The whole movie just. Was very brown, very brown, very dull. You know, he was just so beaten down. And I and think he does a great job of like you know being the because being he, the schlub. He's, he's yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. By the time you know you're 14 years later, like you're seeing a different character than you saw in the beginning. You know, this guy that was kind of full of life and was interested in this woman you know that he just saw on stage and then 14 years later he's passed out up in his study (laughs) (laughs) hung over you can't even going off (laughs) yeah beeper going off is it awake (laughs) so because he was a Doctor, doctor, right? And then I think he was a plastic, 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 plastic surgeon. surgeon. Became a mortician, yeah. right? Or a, we would uh, uh, yeah. uh, uh, dress people up for their funerals. Yeah, you know, spray she paint. Ambus is the uh, feelings of vanity and stuff like that. And that 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 whole yeah, exactly. It's it's reinforcing that, but uh, also at the same time, like there's no better. I mean, there, there it's, it's a really easy way to show like how far this character has fallen. Just like showing his, I mean, you get it from that first shot of him, you know, passed out in his study, but then showing that he works at a, a mortuary. You can just <laughs> tell from his hair. <laughs> yeah. Everything about him. Even like, I think the way he, he carries himself and there's, there's even, it's weird because in the beginning of the film, also you get this impression that these are two liberals, right? Because politics does come up in the film, I can't believe I'm talking about politics without Travis here. But when they're uh, when it's uh, Bruce Willis and Goldie Hawn, uh, Ernie and Helen at the play, you know, you get this idea that they're I I, I didn't see them as like Republicans or whatever. Conser- uh, yeah, I didn't see them as conservative. She's kind of mousy and sweatered up and just she's got kind of like the bangs thing, like a librarian <laughs> or something. Yeah, but then later on, there's a line when he's with. Uh, Madeline, Madeline, yeah, 
th- there's a line where he's like, you know, something about you're a Republican, you're not supposed to do this or something. But no, like, the, the the line is, uh, what do you think they'll do to pri- to you in prison? Oh, with you being right. bald, you're soft, a soft Republican, and a Republican. Yeah, you're a soft, bald, overweight Republican. What do you think they're gonna do with you in prison? Yeah. Well, I love it. It's like one of the, I mean, it's one of the, at the time, you know, Bruce Willis obviously started out in, well, I'm going to say he started out in Moonlighting, right? Which yeah. was yeah. basically kind basically. of a lighthearted, slapsticky kind of comedy. Yes. Um, and then, you know, he redefined himself, I think, with Die Hard, you know, and became like the everyman action hero, which then like every fucking action hero became, you and know. didn't redefine himself with Let's Talk. You can't see it, folks, but everybody is shaking their heads. <laughs> so, I don't think anybody could hear that. People that aren't here are shaking their heads right now. Awesome. But the, uh, I mean, so Die Hard was 1988. Die Hard 2 was 90. So this was like his opportunity to kind of do something, you know, different. And I think he throws himself like all in. I oh, mean, he does. You know. Yeah. Stick, you know. Yeah, but I mean, like, well, so maybe it's going back to the moonlighting kind of days. He gets to do that kind of stuff again, but he like he plays it really schlubbish at the beginning. But mm-hmm. after after he kills Madeline, he becomes like this manic, you know, Bruce. Yeah, so it's that right? scene where he's running around the house. He becomes a mad scientist. Turn off all the lights. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was, oh my god, we've killed her. We got to turn, turn off the lights. Turn- shovels. <laughs> Body still here. <laughs> He turns off five lights and makes a drink. (laughs) The movie becomes like this awesome comedy of errors where, you know, it turns out Madeline, because she took the potion, can't die. Well, she's dead, but she's, you know, still reanimated. Calls to mind scenes from Return of the Living Dead. Only this, you know, they take her to the doctor. She's at room temperature. Let me eat your brains. Yeah, we needed some of that. That's where I was like, oh, this is going to be a zombie movie. But no. It was, was, yeah, yeah. All right, so I'm going to make an observation. This oh. movie, to me, felt like Beetlejuice. Yeah, I get that. I think that's the camera well, work and the color, the, the palette. That I think it was using. the time. I mean, there was Adam's family, Beetlejuice. Like, I mean, especially when she's her. like, yeah. you know, they're knocking of- their heads off and the heads is twisted and stuff like that. So the fact that they're dead and like, I don't know, it just felt like Beetlejuice to me. It's a dark supernatural comedy Whimsical. with a lot of wide angle shots. I think I mean, that's I what think you that. were doing with the time, and, and that's what was going on. I think a lot of those movies were that way in 1992. I think you know, there wasn't all this fantastic special effects going on. You had to do, you know, this this movie could have easily been a play. You know what I mean? You could still put really this on a stage and yeah. get away with half of the shit. I mean probably 90% of what goes on in this movie other than the hole through a, a belly but you're actually you're absolutely right Beetlejuice was the same kind of way you know you could get away with all this you know you know pop through a you know, jack-in-the-box kind of you know special effects kind of surprise and you know <laughs> that kind of stuff but yeah Beetlejuice. that's yeah. how it was Adam's family Beetlejuice you know uh, death becomes her things like that that's I think that's just what they were doing back then and they're kind of, they all share, now that you're mentioning those those titles specifically, all have like this kind of, uh, you know, they have a, a a madcap energy that extends not only from the performances, but even into like the camera work. 
Yeah. Yeah. The camera is always, and see, I always think that that goes back to like, you know, Evil Dead 2 or something like that, you know, like that maybe started this and Barry Sonnenfeld, you know, picked up on, you know, Tim Burton and uh, Zemeckis, but like there is a lot of, you know, rushing camera, you know, wide angle distorted, you know, uh, shots and stuff like that, that. And we have to mention Terry Gilliam too, because I think oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. he took that to a whole new level. Yeah, and he I probably think. started it. Maybe he did. Yeah. Well, with everything, it would be far uh, from dragging the first Batman into this kind of uh, mm-hmm. uh, scenes that they were doing. You know, yeah, he kind of, kind of come rushing down into a front of a theater. You know, there's no city. There's just yes. a few people walking. Yeah, out. that first it's shot. That does. Kind of yeah. thing, you know, yeah. it's, it's it's a weird kind of stage set if you're going to have. Uh, uh, a feature film, but you know, still, you're only doing it in this, you know, so many feet of a. That's what it is. A, it's because environment. I get what you're saying, yeah. Because like when you watch the first Batman, you can see that stage, like you said, the stage setting. You can see like that that kind of like back lot looking. Yeah. Even even in the cities where it's the parade. And, right. Know, like Beetlejuice, all he's doing is going over a train set, you know, at the beginning. Right. And then you're into the house, and then you're really into no more than anything bigger than the basement that we're sitting in, you know. <laughs> you know, change out the back wall, and we're, you know, at a different scene, you know what I mean? Yep. Yeah, and this movie yeah. just builds, like, a gigantic uh, set. Where, you know, it's a Hollywood movie house, you know. It's yeah. a palace oh, yeah. of uh, marble and, you know. Marble staircase, <laughs> yeah, the excess, you know? yes. Just like the house in the in, in the uh, Bruce Willis and the Madeline's house, or, or is it like say your name? Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I mean, it's this, this fantastic house, and he's always looking down these this grand staircase that are either rushing out the door or coming in the door. You know, it's this huge kind of thing, but there's yeah, really no that reason. That's the fireplace. Could. Yeah, and then the fireplace. fireplace. And thunder and light, or lightning always coming through oh, yeah. the, the windows. That's yeah. true. And, I mean, you get the impression that the house is a lot bigger than what you see because you spend most of your time in that foyer and then, like, maybe in the study or the library or the fireplace. or The garden. The garden. But that's or all kind of central to the house. You know, it's not like you're not – you get the feeling like there's more yeah, wings. Yeah, these rooms off. couldn't be the same place, you know, as, as far as the set spins around. Yeah, yeah, that you know totally I mean? could. Yeah, on a on a, on a stage. Set. Maybe we should do this. One, there's only that one wide shot where he's like, "That's it, Bob. I'm gone." And he's like, "I've had it." And then like it shows like them downstairs while he walks up the stairs and goes to his room. Oh, huh? yeah. yeah, he was pissed. He's like, Bob, "That's it. I'm good." There is. There's a lot like, of long. <laughs> Long shots and long sweeping shots in this movie, like kind of yeah. a couple long takes in it. Which a lot of hallways. It's it's like what you were talking about earlier. It's it's early Zemeckis doing what he does. I mean, he advances it farther, like you guys were talking about with uh, <clears throat> with uh, what lies beneath and everything. It's like he's trying to do what he would do later, but the technology hasn't let him. Mm-hmm. go that far yet yeah, yeah. so in this early stuff he's using the mirrors he's doing the wide uh, sweeping crane shots and everything inside the house he's doing all this early stuff before the technology allowed him to advance to what he would do in later stuff mm-hmm. and he does it very well like it's, it's well, he's some fully good taking advantage right. of the technology that was available yes. then too you know just trying to figure out yeah. you know, how to exploit the space that's mm-hmm. all we do here on Saturday Night Freak Show we Sing on George George Zemeckis. George Robert Zemeckis. Robert Lucas. In, in Tom's world, it would be George. Tom Spielberg, all those people. Isn't there, it, in this movie, really wasn't there only a couple of scenes where there was multiple people in it, other than just the, the three main characters, like going to the 
are crashing the party at the uh, oh, uh-huh. uh, witch's house. Yeah, yeah. And the, or the book. Yeah. You know, then you have all these the people here. The and then you're, yeah. you know, With like that, but everything would have just been just those three interacting, going right. back mm-hmm. and forth, falling gives- downstairs. You know, getting caught up in a, a fight in the in the parlor. Right. You know, this and that. Almost like a clueish kind of thing. Yeah, right, I was yeah, just thinking. Yeah, I was like, that was in my mind as you were. Yeah, right. Yeah, and yeah. that gives way to the whole. It could be a play idea because yeah. just so many the minimal yeah, characters. Right. And yeah. This, really when I was watching this clue. movie, I'm like, clue. Mm-hmm. Also, I might make its way to this. Area. This like yeah. reminds me of Clue. <laughs> Yeah, it's hard to get people to play. It's like a little thing. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess in the in the movie, the uh, so we find out that the potion gives the secret of uh, eternal life to these characters, and once they try to kill each other and can't, they make up. Uh, this long time animosity goes away, and they determine that they need Bruce Willis, the pl- plastic surgeon, to maintain them for life. So then the focus of the movie becomes getting him to take the potion and he wants nothing to do with it. No. <laughs> but they take him back to the uh what I guess we're calling her the witch. Liesel. Liesel. The devil devil takes back to the devil her palace where there's a party going on where she entertains all these people who like she because her Including I think Elvis. Taking the potion, yeah. Elvis, James Dean. <laughs> James Dean. Uh Marilyn f- Monroe is there. Fantastic that was, that line. Was you know when you go well stay out of public I know we have people showing up every now and then, <laughs> yeah. and then they instantly show Elvis, and right. that's that's been so done. I mean, that was done back then. Was it done I, back then? <laughs> I don't even think it goes on anymore. But back then, there was still Elvis sightings. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, yeah. It's still just oh, like, man, we don't see Elvis anymore? I don't think so. I, 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 I haven't swear, heard of like, it. Every, the Inquirer. Said, I mean, right. Give me a break. When I was a kid, I, I saw Jim, I saw Elvis <laughs> at a diner in, down in Southern you, Illinois. I did. You didn't. I totally I did. My my dad can vouch for me on that. One. I think since the Inquirer started reporting on actual like quote unquote celebrities, it, it gave up. The uh, mom had three alien babies with four heads. I saw Elvis you as a kid. Elvis. Prove it. Oh man! <laughs> Taking this outside after the free show. Yeah, gonna do some whiskey and we're gonna fight. Sweet. I'm gonna break this bottle and stick you with it. Wait, there you go. If, All right. if Sean shows up dead, then we will know who this. Is. Then we know what's for dinner for next week. I'm There's gonna be a bonus podcast, listeners. I'm gonna telecast the entire that, fight. So. <laughs> I'll let you know blow by blow who wins this. Yeah. Although right, Tom's got Elvis on his side, so yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But the film has an interesting wrap up where we cut to thirty seven years in the future after after the future Colin uses to take uh you know the potion and Yeah, the future. Thirty seven years would be now the future. It was a joke. Never mind. Seven years in the, future? the future Colin? Yes. Yeah, thank you. The thank future. You. Thank you. Thank you. Good morning. <laughs> thank you very much. All right, keep going. <laughs> Thank you. It's always the future. It is. Robert Zemeckis. Yeah. Comet in the sky. Yeah, he doesn't. He's always in the future. He doesn't waste time with the. Not so much in Beowulf. Although he does deal with the past a lot too. Yeah. Beowulf. He goes really far in the past. Roger Rabbit. Yeah. (laughs) That theory was shot. Take that theory apart and uh, continue on. All right. (laughs) Well, now hold on. I mean, before we get to that, thirty-seven years ahead. 
there is pr- uh, one of the most classic physical comedy scenes of in ho- movie history, I think. And I think you guys would agree. I'm glad you always add that. Is <laughs> I think. <laughs> and usually it's wrong. <laughs> it's usually wrong. Well, that's that's the, subjective. The, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, how can you say that my what I think is wrong, Tom? Subjectively That's, wrong. So you're saying my opinion is wrong? Usually. Don't <laughs> tell me you were about so, wait, to talk who, about Bruce Willis's double take. Who's fighting now? Oh, well, no, there is there is the double take. That's awesome. It is. That, that is was great. Wait, what? That is the pinnacle of Bruce Willis. He goes... But you can't see that. That's not it's even oh, it's so eye. good. No, yeah, it's just he must have had to practice that. Yeah, that's so good. As well as the film comes to its climax, you know, he's running up these up to the top of this tower, the Devil's Tower, or whatever it is. He's trying to escape. Yes, he's trying to escape, and he ends up out on the roof, or like kind of, you know, at this slanted thing. And he's climbing oh, out, roof. and he like, slips. It has to be the devil. That's just my answer. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't make sense. But that was a wicked elevator. It was foot pedal. Foot pedal, yeah. And there's only three options. Like, fuck, all right. Yeah, it's one. like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> yeah. I want that. Sweet <laughs> I want that, right? <laughs> I also want a case full of shotguns. Well, who doesn't? Oh, yeah. yeah mm. You gotta do that. Yeah. You gotta have that. You should make it where your TV, like, slides up, yep. and there's shotguns, shotguns behind it. Yeah. That'd be perfect. Ooh. Like in uh, we can make that no, happen. I, 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 All right. Well, anyway, you were saying. Move on. <laughs> he's well, on the roof of the tower. Roof. He's on the roof. He's climbing out. You know, I don't know what his plan is. <laughs> he's trying to escape. He's going to the exit on the other side, but he's got to climb the roof to get to it. Thank you. He's got the exit on the other side, and he slips and he falls, and his suspenders get <laughs> caught in the gutter. And the gutter's pouring <laughs> 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 and, and, and it falls oh, out. And it falls out. It is good. He's and then, it's funny. I know, it's great. Not to make it worse, but the gutter kind of swings out. So now he's kind of just suspended here, like, you know, like a puppet. Like the puppet that they made oh, him. Exactly. And he's sitting there. Exactly. And the only two that come up to save him are these two women that have destroyed his life up to this point. And what do they do? They kind of try and throw him a scarf. <laughs> the scarf. They're like, hey, here, take this. Yeah. yeah. And it flutters to the ground. No help at all. Finally, they tell him the only way he's he's still got the potion in his pocket. So he thinks about it, but it's just not worth it. I mean, because he'd have to live with them for the rest, for eternity. Yeah. So he drops the potion. We hear it smash. And then there's an amazing shot where the camera stays static. And yeah, what was the line shot? Sorry, ladies. Sorry, ladies. And then he drops. Which almost feels like the same the Bob Hoskins falling in Roger Rabbit. Oh, the green screen? Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. You can yeah. get that same feeling as he's falling. But see, I think like it would be a different film, but they could cut it right there. You know? Because at that point, like, if... I, I, I think that Ernie is the, you know, the character. He's your hero mm-hmm. of this journey. If they cut it right there, I think the same lesson is learned. But they don't. It doesn't have the Tales from the Crypt ending. Yeah. Tales from the Crypt ending is that the the evildoers have to get their <laughs> they, See, I yeah. actually, right. I actually, in a weird way, like when they were. It's always in a weird then way. Because then they go to like the funeral and they're talking about, you know, all this stuff. I actually thought that he, cause, because he fell, right? He fell into the pool and... and that he kept the potion because he got... Well, the potion fell into the pool, too. Uh, no. He dropped it. No. No, he wouldn't no, take no, that. No, no, no. The, see, the only thing that tells you that that did not happen was you hear it smash. 
Oh. Uh, so you know. Went on to live. I mean, he a died. Life of doing things, multiple kids, doing fantastic things. And they should, yeah. They they talk about how like great of life he had about having kid, how, how he had kids, and how he founded all these foundations, and and like, <laughs> and then you see like the the two uh, the Ernest Melville, uh, what was it, um, for the study of women? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <that's> funny. <laughs> and then they're uh, you know they're in the back and. They're just kind of falling apart, and that's kind of funny. They're they're listening to how successful and fruitful his life was. But do you notice? I mean, they their lives are. They still make it about themselves. They interrupt his funeral. They're still screwing this guy over because you know, like they're laughing and they're talking too loud, and everybody's stopping. I think Ernest got the last laugh, looking back at him. And then, yeah, Colin, what happens? How did? The words of the tales from the crypt ending. Well, it's just the when we finally see them under the black morning veils, they're decrepit. They've you know been repairing mm-hmm. themselves. Melting. Yeah, the beauty is gone. I mean, they look terrible, and they uh, they they're the cat fighting out in front of the church, trip and fall down the stairs, and they break apart, which is kind of awesome. <laughs> they come apart like mannequins, they do. and they're still alive. <laughs> and so the last is like the last bit is like their uh, their heads. Laying on the ground, uh, and everything, and it looks like they're you parked the car. By this point, are they just like like they're made out of carbon or something? You know, like the right. the inside. Like any, all. yeah, they're they're dry throughout, like brittle, yeah. and they could just yeah. break at a moment's notice. That doesn't yeah. really happen, does it? Right at the end? I mean, I don't think anybody's kept. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It really happened. I don't think anybody's kept anybody uh, kept the body really around for thirty-seven happened. years. Yeah. By the time you get to the end, you turn into carbon. Yeah, we're all yeah. We smash it. So I guess we uh, we wrap this thing up. But I guess is it, wrap so you unless up. anybody has any other insights or questions or comments on Death Becomes Her. Well, I'd like to thank everybody for having me over and being a special guest. Thanks for coming. Thanks, Thanks, for, coming. Coming. Thanks for coming. Cheers. This Thanks for coming. Thanks. Cool as hell. And Dave made us I dinner like tonight. Too. Oh yeah, Saturday Night Freak Show. Awesome. It was Cheers to your health. There you Cheers, go. Cheers, everybody. Cheers and go. Yep. Thank you again. Everybody, leave Brent out. It was a Cheers. good time. All right. So wrap up. Start with Tom. Huh. Let's go, Tom. Brent picked him up. Oh, it was. yeah, yeah. Why did hey. think it was yours? <laughs> Colin, what are you doing? Uh, yes, Tom. Death Becomes Her. I, I've never seen this movie. <laughs> but I hate it. And uh, here's why. Um, oh, shit, I turned into Travis. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Let's see. Death Becomes Her. I, you know, uh, I enjoyed it. It was, a, it, was a, it, was a, it was an enjoyable movie to watch. Was it a great movie? No. I, I, I wouldn't say it was a great movie. I think it, I think it falls into, you know, Brent's Midland picks. Maybe on the higher end of Brent's Midland picks. Uh, he's not here to defend himself at all, so I can just keep on going. Um, you know, I, I don't know. It just reminded me. It's like a, I don't know. It's a, it's a dark comedy. I tend not to like actually dark comedies. Like it reminded me of Beetlejuice too much and do you not like Beetlejuice? No, I do like Beetlejuice, but I think like you good better, answer. You'd be better served watching Beetlejuice than this. I, I don't think this movie like it was a good movie, but I don't think it did anything. It's like it doesn't do anything awesome. It doesn't like 
you know, it's like, eh, you know, if like there's nothing to watch. I love how you can contradict yourself within like four words. That's my favorite thing about it. Yeah, it is. It is. I love that. I love this movie, but I hate it. Should because interrupt somebody on their after on their final. Oh, 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 go, go This right happens a lot. <laughs> what you got? What you got? No, I, I mean, I'm just letting you finish your final thought. What you got? Um, not interrupt. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. I just don't think it does anything phenomenal and great. I mean, I don't think this is Robert Zemeckis's best work by any stretch of the imagination. Um, that being said, it's not terrible. Um, I don't know. It's just a average movie. I mean, I, I enjoyed it, but it was it was average. It's below Rain of Fire. Oh no! Uh, the rain of why? Fire. Oh, Brad came right back in time to to enjoy the Rain of Fire scale. All I heard was, "I love this movie, well, but I hate it." And I heard that from the bathroom. Uh, well, yeah, you uh, right. Well, would you recommend it? Um. It's I recommend it if you ain't got nothing else. To oh call Jesus! Yeah. Well, no, no, I no, I don't. I, I, there's better things to watch. All right, uh, Death Becomes Her. I'm gonna give this a recommendation. Um, watching it again tonight, I was reminded. I mean, again, I haven't seen it in years, but I'm reminded of like how uh, full of like a vitality that it has. I mean, it's got. I, you know, I said before it was whimsical, but it's a very uh, it's a movie that's full of life, which is kind of funny because that's you know what it's kind of about. <laughs> Brent, you you got did you get that? You want me, you want me to explain that? You I'm get, sorry, what was that? Colin yeah. said it was full of life, and it's funny because the whole movie is kind of about like vanity and living forever and life. Oh, because the title it says death, right? Right, but it's kind of like the opposite, <laughs> like the dead, but you know it's life and they're alive yeah. and oh, okay. all that. Bruce okay. Willis chooses yeah. to die, but he lives like his last years. Oh, because Bruce Willis, Bruce Willis think... was a ghost in success. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's yeah, right. <laughs> sorry, there it is. <laughs> you got to jump in and save my own wrap up. Uh, the uh, yeah, I think this is one of the best. Perform- Performances. This is one of the best atypical Bruce Willis performances of his career, I think. You know, because he's a guy who, you know, he started off physical comedy, ended up doing a lot of tough guy roles. That's pretty much like who he has become. <clears throat> so now, so much so now that like he just phones it in. I mean, if you've seen A Good Day to Die Hard, and I don't by any means recommend that you no. see that movie. <laughs> no. But, you know, it's like at this point, he's like the washed up, you know, Bruce Willis. It's yeah, unfortunate. Yeah. <clears throat> Yep, Hudson yep. Hawk. Yep, we heard it. Yeah, we heard Hudson Hawk, but that was from the era where he was taking chances yeah. Give and doing reason. stuff that was that was interesting. I thought Red was Aside. pretty good. <laughs> so Looper's pretty good. But, uh, <laughs> don't worry, Colin. I'll cut that. Out. <laughs> but I also think that you know, as you far as that. like, oh, yeah. <laughs> he censors me a lot. <laughs> I do not. We wouldn't deprive him. Let Colin finish. Uh, I think uh, this is historically I think it's a Zemeckis movie it's a movie that hasn't gotten a whole lot of love apparently I mean I don't know what the story is I haven't looked into it you know but uh, it's on it's available on DVD in a 4x3 standard version that means that the DVD was issued back when there was 4x3 TVs were the norm and it has never gotten a Blu-ray release that we know of and it's never been issued in DVD again in some 16x9 format which means this is an old, you know, transfer of the movie. We watched it. You can get it on, you know, streaming uh, on-demand services, which is where we saw it in HD. But um, 
fucking comp had to pay an extra dollar for that. <laughs> <laughs> but it was worth it, damn it. Worth it. To see it there in it high is. definition. It was. Like it was in the theater. Uh, this is a long-winded rap. A bright, starry but, theater. <laughs> that'll, that'll be fixed. <laughs> but the... Uh, uh, now I, I lost my oh, fucking sorry, train of thought. I'm sorry, Colin. <laughs> all right, so what do we got? We got Bruce Willis, all time or one of the all time greats. Uh, Goldie Hawn, where'd you go? Uh, Meryl Streep, you know she's one of the great you know actresses of all time. I mean, just the, some of the stuff that she was doing in this, you know, was like, man, that's a really weird choice for that. Like, how do you even when you see this written on a page, how do you interpret it that way? You know. They all have, like, a gift for physical comedy, which is really cool. Uh, I dig it personally because it has a kind of a ghoulish edge to it. It does kind of go into, like, a dark Tales from the Crypt kind of horror thing. I was actually going to find out if Tom was disturbed by the ghoulish Goldie Hawn that has, like, the white eyes. Uh, yeah, I kind of want to a little bit. Like, her white eyes are really fucking creepy. Yeah, you're going to be seeing her tonight when you go home, probably. Uh, The, uh, you know... It's a well-made movie. Uh, it's entertaining. It's funny. Uh, it's dark. It's gruesome. It's warped. Uh, I really dug it. Uh, I would give it a recommendation all the way. I've seen this movie multiple times, but that was when it came out. It was nice to come hang out with new friends and watch the movie and have commentary on the Saturday Night Freak Show with Colin and everybody and I was privileged to be a guest and I thank everybody for allowing me to be here and drink beers and cook food and have a good time with everybody and I thought the movie was great I'll still think the movie's great but I'm going to give you guys accolades no matter what because I kind of want to come back you're welcome back I thought it was great no matter what you know it was fun this is a great, great time, and what you guys got going on here is fun. This you hear that, listeners? Really <laughs> you hear that? Yeah. You, you motherfuckers, show. listen to this <laughs> show. Listen to this show, because if you listen to the show... You should listen to the show. We're going to use that as a pull quote. things in the near future, like... Uh, I just want to point out how anybody that's listening to this right now is like, I am listening to this show. <laughs> <laughs> listen more. I actually do listen to the show. I think you the one time great. Listeners. Nice. Nice. So that's a recommendation for it. Is it is a highly recommended that's, show. That's a recommendation. And also a recommendation <laughs> for the Saturday Freak Show. <laughs> oh, there you go. Right? We got everything in that I one. I highly recommend it to everybody <laughs> that knows what podcasts are. Sweet. <laughs> that's awesome. So cheers, everybody. I'm glad I got to be a guest. I, I'm very appreciative. Thank cheers, you very babe. much. Cheers. Those are clean glasses. <laughs> That's Sean. Mm-hmm. Ah, Death Becomes Her. Um, I haven't seen this movie in about ten years, but I, I remember watching this a lot as a kid and, and being in awe of the special effects of this movie. I mean, uh, seeing it young, I mean, it's 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 kind of incredible what you see. Like, um, I mean, back in the day, stuff like this I hadn't seen before. You know, um, the the Goldie Hawn's hole in the stomach, like Meryl Streep getting her uh, getting her neck snapped around, or even when she gets it knocked backwards and it's behind her back, she's got to pull it back up and hold her head up. Like stuff like that, I I, I thought was great. And um, seeing it again, like I I think it still holds up for me. I think you see. Um, 
Uh, I, I still think you see a few things, like you see the stutter of the effects sometimes in this, but I, to me, it all still works. Um, I like the story. I still think it's funny. Um, I love Bruce Willis actually acts, which is a great thing for me, because like we said, you don't see that anymore. Um, so I, I appreciate that in this movie. I think uh, I think all the actors um, uh, uh, work well together, have good chemistry, especially Meryl Streep and Goldie Hawn. I think it works very well. Um, I recommend it. Um, definitely see it. There you go. Um, yeah, Tom, I don't know what the deal is with you. <laughs> so I agree with these guys. <laughs> Sorry. Well, that's why Brent always likes the movie, man. Yeah, especially when it's my pick. Brent right. likes his own movie. Right. Brent's like, the press. Son of a bitch. Yeah. Well, I don't know, man. He was kind of like, he was kind of iffy on Event Horizon and <laughs> oh, that's Tango true. and Cash. I'm pretty sure, didn't everybody that's trust true. two movies just be like, and, no. <laughs> okay, yeah. There were a couple movies that Brent painted with like, I like it. But I, I don't know. <laughs> but I can see the flaws, yeah. Well, I'm always picking movies based on the nostalgia of... I, I feel like on this podcast I've said nostalgia 100,000 times. Yeah, you, 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 <laughs> audience, you can drink it, you can play it, the nostalgia, Brent nostalgia drinking game at you home. Could. Yeah. <laughs> nostalgia. Do a shot every time he Drink a whole can of, uh, what do we got, The Beast? Milwaukee's Best Beast. Light, The Beast. The Beast Light. Every if you time. want to be like Brent, you could drink the Beast Light and do drink a whole can, ch- ch- just like poke a hole in it. They got it. Chug it, chug it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Nostalgia. There you go. Get going. Uh, yeah, this film is, it's in my book, it's a classic. I mean, it's something that when I was, dis- like I said, I discovered Zemeckis early on. Even oh, I discovered Back to the Future early on. It was, wasn't until later till I started to realize that there was somebody behind the camera directing this. And then once you discover that, you go back and you look at the other films. And I think, I mean, when this came out, I was 12. So I... By that point, I was starting to understand, you know, like like Zemeckis is my guy, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, What's your opinion of *Romancing the Stone*? *Romancing the Stone* is great. I have fond memories of that too. Not going to the theater, but I saw that. I have like this, specific, like this, this visceral. No, is that the right word? I have like this very specific memory of sitting in my room, like we had bunk beds, me and my brother, and watching it on like this. Before little... you're going with this, <laughs> <laughs> there wasn't a sock involved, was there? <laughs> <laughs> no, we could do romancing the stone. Yeah, we could. I'm sure it's did, coming. Did he do Jewel of the Nile? I'm sure it's coming at some point. No, I don't think he did Jewel. I don't think he did Jewel of the Nile. Sure, we could do a double feature. Oh, there you go. Last time we did a double feature, it didn't turn out too well. Dude, yeah, dude. Watch what Star Crash. That was fucking awesome. Let's do that next time. We could. Yeah, yeah. Dave's coming back for that for sure. <laughs> uh, before Sean was making my sweet memory a blue collared joke. <laughs> no, it was it was nothing. I, like I remember watching it on this little like ten inch, you know. It might have even been a black and white TV, but it was at that point. So, like, when did that come out? Because that was before. That was eighty four. That was before Back to the Future. I was watching it on TV, so maybe it had been. You know, I don't know what year it was, but anyhow, I was very young, 
And I remember watching, like, specifically, like, I might remember four memories from my youth. <laughs> All Zemeckis. <laughs> That's, yeah. Yeah, because I've never seen romance, so I'm just trying. Yeah. No, it's it's up there. But, again, I'm biased. I'm biased to oh, the man yeah, yeah, and yeah. his work. And going into this, I'm already going to like it, you know? Not, well, I shouldn't say that. Because if it is garbage... Is there I, a Zemeckis movie that is garbage? <laughs> He's a very good filmmaker. And like, yeah. that, used he is, cars. I, you know, I don't think I've seen used I cars. Seen I, I think I've seen car. used cars. Where they bury the old man in the backyard? Is it good? <laughs> like in the car? I want to say it's uh, <laughs> who's, who's yeah. first Wait, who's in yeah. used cars? It's, first it's uh, Kurt Russell. Yes, I've seen used cars. Yes, that's yeah. fabulous. With, with Royal yeah. Fuchs and everything. Yeah, he's yeah. with the guy across the yes. street. <laughs> I've seen this movie. You oh, haven't seen this movie? Great. No. Oh, it's actually pretty good. <laughs> All right, that's coming to the freak show. Okay, too. so he hasn't oh, made. Man. I don't think yeah, he's made a bad movie. Everybody's yeah. out. <laughs> that's what we do. Old school Kurt Russell. Used cars. Cars during my wrap up. <laughs> uh, usually so, we fuck up here. I, I usually start to fuck up your wrap up. That's just what I do. Oh, yes, the question. That's understandable. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. Um, so what did I say? I love Robert Zemeckis in what a plutonic way. Death becomes her. Oh. <laughs> 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 is that the movie we watched? That is. Oddly enough. I really liked the filmmaking. Stop washing his balls. <laughs> I thought where he decided to put the camera and how he moved the camera was great. Uh, there's other things. There's actors in it. Um, <laughs> They're unimportant. He directed them. <laughs> Some kind of story, but really, like, the special features... Of this film is great. Uh, no, uh, Death Becomes Her. Uh, I like everything about it. I like the fact that everything, like you guys said, it's a Tales from the Crypt story. It's a fairy tale type story. It's teaching you a lesson. I really like the fact that it was pl- set in Hollywood because that, you know, I think a- it's an actor's movie. You go watch this to laugh at yourself about how ridiculous you are, you know, about worrying about your image to the point of changing your yourself you know through uh whether it be getting botox or liposuction or any sort of you know cosmetic surgery it's it's uh it's taking away who you are as a person you know you're becoming this plastic thing i've looked at like it's not just actors but i have you know there are people in your life that you don't see for a while, and as they age, sometimes they'll do things that, like, wow, you know. Kenny Rogers, I'm looking at you. That's exactly what I was talking about. Kenny Rogers. No. <laughs> <laughs> but you become... <laughs> you become a mannequin, you know? And I think, like, this film is shining a light on that <laughs> to an extent and making satire out of it. And, I, you know, I... I dig it. I like this movie a lot. Um, and then it's like on the surface, that's what it is. But then there's all these other levels of like the craft behind it. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a decently put, it's a well put together film. It's got a great score. It's well shot. Uh, everything about it. I just, I really like it. I really, really dig it. And I'm glad that most of you guys liked it too. And if you haven't seen it, go check it out. Right now. Four out of five for Death Becomes Her. 
four. Wait, I'm counting this right. Yes, four out of five. Four out of five. So, <laughs> math still works. Uh, addendum. If you like Death Becomes Her and you like uh, the work that uh, Robert Zemeckis has done in Tales from the Crypt, you should check out an episode of Amazing Stories that he did called Go to the Head of the Class with Christopher Lloyd. Ooh, Have you seen that? No. You're a Zemeckis fan. You haven't seen that? Oh, my oh, God. Okay. Yeah. i got to loan that to you. Christopher, yeah, I'm not even going to tell you about it, but it has special, it's 1985, right? and it has special effects that are, you know, you see where this movie is coming from. I mean, this guy is, you know, got was that show? mentality. Wow. Amazing stories? Yeah. Oh, that's right. Isn't that spot? Uh, uh, Nemo? Uh, yeah. Christopher Lloyd, yeah. where he was a teacher, and yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, so, yeah. so. Fuck. Yeah. Uh, so there you go. Oh, no, Fuck. 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 You can say fuck. Ball sack. Fuck. Nostalgia. We've got an explicit rating. On this oh, podcast. yeah, definitely. This is yeah. a big ready next to us. Yeah. So that's uh, the Saturday Night Freak Show for this week. Next week, we're going to be watching Tom's pick. What are we going to be watching, Tom? We're going to be watching a rock and roll fable. Uh-oh. It's called Streets of Fire. So oh. Robert Natives in it. Who? Aiden Quinn. Uh, he's not. He's not in Streets of Fire. We're gonna Funny look this isn't. up. Look it up. Oh <laughs> damn! <laughs> all right. Well. <laughs> so until right now. All right. Well, Dave looks this up. Until then, you can find Streets us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, uh, TuneIn Radio, Podbay FM. FM, Castroller, and one other that I can't remember. And <laughs> on our website, it's SaturdayNightFreakShow.blogspot.com, and you can get a hold of us on our Facebook page. Facebook.com slash Saturday Night Freak Show, or you can use that ancient old technology of email at Saturday Night Freak Show at Yahoo.com. We want to hear from you. Hell, we'll even Please. read your emails on the Freak Show. Yeah, we're needy. Still waiting. So until next week, listeners, that's uh, all we've got tonight. And I really don't have a good way to end this podcast. No, we have well, no sign off. Thanks for being uh, out there, and thanks for letting me be a guest. And Was Aiden see Quinn next in week. it? Wait, was Aiden, Aiden Quinn in it? Aiden Quinn wasn't there. He I, was. That's it. No. no, it's official. It's put in the IMDb. Aiden Quinn was in it. There you go. We're so, done. Until next week. <laughs>